what is good? Welcome to Spirit Bill Real Talk with Juliana. I am your host, Juliana Page, and I am so excited that you are here. I am an author, a speaker, and a professional life coach, but really, I am here to give you practical wisdom that you can integrate into every area of your life so that you can thrive and not just survive. So if you are ready to live a spirit-led life and level up your inner game so that you can win in your outer game. Let's dive right in. What is good, everybody? Oh my goodness, you can tell by the topic on today that it's going to be a spicy message. For the record, no one's going to get called out, no one's getting canceled, okay? (laughs) But this message really will change your life. I'm actually going to talk about insecurity. I know that's not our most favorite word, and a lot of us live with it and pretend like we don't. (laughs) But little do we know, that could be one of the things that is absolutely holding us back. So here on Spirit-Filled Real Talk, we go into some Spirit-Filled Real Talk, okay? So we're going to get to the place of talking about significance, but it really warrants starting with insecurity because I'm somebody that is uber passionate about helping other people go from living against themselves to fighting for themselves and God's creation. And you are God's creation, right? So imagine that shift in your life. If you actually stopped fighting against yourself and started fighting for yourself, how would things change? And what would the ripple effect be? Significant. So let me tell you what significance is, since I'm a word nerd, right? Significance is the quality of being worthy of attention and importance. It's the meaning to be found in words or events, the extent to which a result deviates from that expected to arise simply from random variation or errors in sampling. So really, the quality of being worthy of intention and importance. So you being God's child, are worthy, right? You already have this quality of being worthy of attention and importance because God doesn't make any mistakes, right? And if you're God's creation, that's worthy of attention and importance. So that's really important to highlight here. But I'm going to actually take us to a passage that you're probably familiar with This is actually Genesis in the beginning, right? So this is actually coming from Genesis 3, 1 through 7. So I'm going to give you the word because you're probably driving or doing other things and you can't pull it out. So here it is. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the tree of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil." 
And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took the fruit thereof and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. And the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made them they made themselves aprons. Okay. Again, Genesis 3, 1 through 7. I'm talking about insecurity on today. <laughs> I'm going to talk about where this comes from to bring some clarity. So in this instance, in the word, the serpent in this case is convincing Eve that she's not enough. She already was like God. She was already a perfect being, right? She did not sin. She didn't have a sin nature. There was nothing wrong with her, right? But the enemy told her that if she eats of the fruit of this tree, she can have wisdom like God. She can become more like God because she's not already was the deception that was planted there. So because of how the enemy operates, a lot of times deception is behind it. We live in a culture where we believe we can just fix the blemish, (laughs) whatever that is. There's a procedure for it, whether it's our eyebrows, our lips, our skin, right? Like there's a procedure for that. So until, however, we get to a place where God is enough, we'll never be enough. And there's no amount of procedures that'll make us feel okay to remove a mole, to hide a freckle, whatever is, right? There's never going to be enough, right? So, oh my goodness, think about it. Where does insecurity come from? Just do a reflection in your own life. Where does it come from? A lot of times we know the fruit of it, what it leads to, low self-esteem, self-hate, powerlessness, hopelessness, depression, many things, right? But the one we highlighted here is deception. But where I want to go with that is deception usually leads to comparison, right? So if you're suddenly deceived, right? If you're you're believing the lie that you're not enough, then you'll go out looking for what enough, quote unquote, air quotes, looks like, right? Whatever that is for you. If it's a certain body structure, if it's a certain intelligence or knowledge, if it's a certain expertise, if it's a certain neighborhood, if it's a certain car, when you're deceived and you believe that you're not enough, you're going to compare yourself to what demonstrates that it is enough and start trying to imitate that, right? However, everything that God created is good. Right? So you're deceived when you're trying to change who you are because there will always be somebody that is more beautiful, that's stronger, that's wiser, that's more intelligent, that's more talented, right? If you go down that path, you will always find it. But the horrible outcome of that is that nobody can be you and you sacrifice and you abandon yourself, you reject yourself every time you do that. Every time you compare, not only Are you not celebrating that other person, but you are tearing yourself down? So, (laughs) not a good thing, but that's one place where insecurity comes from is deception, believing lies, okay? 
Number two is instability. I know this to be true in my life story, but when you are consistently in unstable environments, you don't feel safe, you don't feel secure, you don't have a home base, if you will. And that can really bring about a lot of emotional turbulence that can be mentally overwhelming. And it really creates faulty foundation, faulty foundation. And if you're not careful, meaning if you don't recognize that, you will keep trying to build things. You will keep trying to build a career. You'll keep trying to work, 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 and hustle, hustle, hustle to attain something. You'll keep trying to do different things and build different things, relationships, right? But they will not stand because it's like you're trying to put a wall on faulty foundation. Eventually that wall is going to crumble down, right? What has to happen is you've got to let God start over with you and rebuild you. That's where the born again experience comes from, right? God needs to be able to reestablish a firm foundation in your life to help you build strong, fortified walls in your life, right? If you're picturing a home, this makes sense pretty quickly. So think about it from that angle, okay? And then the last one is rejection, And when we are rejection, when we are rejection, (laughs) when we are rejected, right, this can lead to overcompensating. That experience is painful, painful to our soul. And so a lot of times what we try to do is we try to overcompensate so that that never happens again. That's a lot of where codependency comes from, people pleasing comes from. We really just have believed these lies that we're not valued, we're not valuable, we're not appreciated, we're, you know, not right in some kind of way. But if we can convince people that we are, if we can prove to them that we are, if we can show them how just great and how, you know, effective we are at doing whatever it is their desire is, right? And showing up in their life is like, ta-da, right? Then we'll be enough. Then they'll fall in love with us. Then we can really feel that okay, it's, a, it's all right, I'm okay, I'm enough, right? This person accepts me, this person appreciates me, but that is actually the place to be living from. Live from wholeness, live from acceptance, live from completion, live from that. But if you've been rejected, you think something's wrong with you. You think you're broken, so you try to hide in performance, you try to hide in achievement, you try to hide in your doing and even in our busyness, right? Like if you ask somebody, hey, what's good, right? Like, how's it going? They're like, oh, I'm just really busy. Okay, right? We do it. So think about that. Think about that, all right? Now, the neat thing about this, you've heard the saying, God's Well, you've heard it like this. Rejection is God's protection. You've heard that. But when you think about all of these things, when you think about deception, when you think about instability, when you think about rejection, thank God your plans didn't work out, right? Like, thank God you didn't keep believing that lie. Thank God you didn't stay in these dysfunctional, unstable environments and relationships. Thank God you didn't run back to those places that rejected you because they were never for you right? What would it have looked like if it worked your way? Just play that movie out for a second, (laughs) right? What would it have looked like if it played out your way? 
And I highlight this because there's restoration in that when you can see that God is for you. God works all things for good, according to those that are called according to his purpose, right? And he won't let you stay stuck. He won't. He is in constant pursuit of you. He will not let you destroy yourself, right? You got to seek him and ask for help, right? But he will respond. He will answer you when you call. Okay, so think about this next thing. Where are you getting your significance from? Where are you getting your significance from, right? We're saying that that's worthy of attention and importance. A lot of times we forget that we're that. (laughs) We forget that we're significant because we're so busy trying to help other people feel significant or trying to convince people that we are, that we're getting it twisted. And unless we slow down and realize that, we're doing a lot of effort, a lot of work for no reason. So where are you going to for your significance? Another way to say that is number one, who's feeding you? Who is feeding you? If you are feeling emotional, if you're feeling depressed, if you're feeling negative, if you're feeling overwhelmed, if you're feeling stressed out, who is feeding you, right? Then number two would be, and what are they feeding you? What are they feeding you? You know, you hear the saying, know your worth, but this could be what that's tied to. (laughs) If you don't know your worth, you let, you allow, you tolerate, you enable, you accept the love you believe that you deserve, right? So you, in this case, if you don't feel significant, if you don't love yourself, if you don't have self-worth, if you don't know your identity in Christ, if you don't know the authority that you carry and the call and the purpose and the vision for your life, right? Then you, out of desperation, In the world, they might say thirsty, right? (laughs) If you're pouring out for everybody else, that makes you thirsty, okay? Leaves you depleted is another way to say that. So you could be desperate from attention from wherever it comes from. And it could be a snake. Just gonna sit that there. All right, and then what are they feeding you? If you don't know, again, if you don't know the truth, if you don't know real love, unconditional love, God's love, if you don't know what God says about you, if you don't know God's promises, what other people feed you could absolutely be counterfeit. It could, you know, seem like there's some truth in it, but have no actual depth of it at all, right? So what are you being fed? That really, really should highlight to you where to make some adjustments in your life. Who's feeding you and what are they feeding you? And when you think about your future, is that acceptable? Are you going to continue allowing that, tolerating it, enabling it, accepting it, right? Okay. (laughs) All right, so significance, right? We're going from insecurity to significance, okay? So a lot of us, I mentioned it with the word thirsty. A lot of us are used to living on fumes. You know, picture driving in your car with the gas light on. You kind of test it and you see how far you can go. (laughs) But a lot of us live our entire lives that way, right? We do. And that's not 
healthy, eventually that's going to lead to burnout. It's going to lead to stress. It's going to lead to probably limited beliefs, a faulty belief system, negativity, depression, discouragement, anger, frustration, overwhelm. It could lead to addiction. It could lead to dysfunctional relationships. It could lead to the destruction of anything good in your life because the enemy of your soul is out to kill, steal, and destroy anything good, right? So what is the cure? If you're tracking with me, you might be asking yourself that. How I'm recognizing that I have been living under deception. There's some lies that I've believed about how I'm not enough, how I'm not worthy, how this can never happen for me, how this happens for those people, how I'm not talented enough, how I'm not educated enough, how I don't have the resources, how I, right? I, 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 I. (laughs) That should be a big clue. But if you're recognizing that you've been deceived and you've been comparing yourself to other people, particularly because social media makes that really easy to do, Or maybe you've recognized that there's still some instability in your life and you're maybe even recreating it. You're creating unstable environments, whether that's for yourself, whether that's for your kids, whether that's for your family, whether that's for your partner, whether that's at work. You might be the source of instability in that environment if you are living from insecurity or If you've been rejected, you might notice that you've been overcompensating and you've been doing a lot but it's the wrong motive, right? And you're not resisting the devil. You've been believing lies, right? So when we fail to believe the right things, when we don't cover ourselves with the word of God, we're not resisting the devil, and we can start to believe that. Because again, in this example from Genesis, he was subtle, he was sly. It sounded like the truth. And if you don't know the truth, you can believe a lie, right? All right, so pay attention to who's been feeding you, even if it's you, (laughs) and what you've been feeding yourself or what you've been receiving or allowing other people to feed you. So the first thing is awareness, okay? Now you've got to own that you're significant, that you are worthy, that you are whole, that you are complete, that you are chosen, that you were formed on purpose for a purpose, right? So the cure is belief, belief. Do you believe that you're head, not the tail? Do you believe that you're above only and never beneath? Do you believe that God has chosen you, that God loves you, that God has a good plan for you, a promise to give you a future and a hope, not evil? Do you believe that, right? The grip of insecurity is unbelief. I'm not enough. I'm not worthy. I'm broken right? Unbelief. I'm locked into that. And so then that's how I think. That's constantly how I feel. And that's what I attract because we attract what we are. If you believe that you're broken, if you believe that you're not enough, if you believe that you you can't represent who formed you, who put you on this earth, right? Then you will start Finding people and places that reinforce those beliefs. So true. That's real talk right there. Okay, so the grip of insecurity is unbelief. The cure is belief. Belief in God, belief in his promises, belief in his word, belief 
in what he says about you, right? Number two is finding a promise. If you've had a really unstable foundation, the hope is that you can have a secure and stable foundation in God. But you've got to allow that to be experiential, to be real for you. So what helps is finding a promise that you need to stand on, to stand firm in, right? To build foundation on in this season. So what are the truths that you need to believe? Is it about identity? Is it about love? Is it about success? Is it about your future? Is it about confidence? Is it about what else? Peace? What is it? What is it that you need to believe? You might need a few. And if you've got to put them on index cards and put them all over your house, whatever you got to do, do it. Find promises and cover yourself in them. Like wash yourself in the word. Okay. Number three is watch out for snakes. (laughs) And don't talk to snakes. (laughs) So in other words, what does a snake do? Okay, this is not, you know, probably what you're, you're thinking. But it is, a snake is somebody who makes you question what God told you and what God says. Okay, and that could be sometimes those closest to you. So it's really, really important to watch out for snakes. They seem harmless. It's subtle, right? And all a snake needs is a foothold, okay? Access. So it's really important to be diligent and keep watch because he's roaming around, right? Looking for whom he can devour. So don't let that be you. (laughs) And something I'll say too, fun story. So I was out cleaning the windows on the outside of the house. You know how you get those cleaning detergents, you um, connect it to the hose and you spray down your windows. So I was doing that. And it's so funny how you can be doing a simple mundane task and it can become a spiritual experience, right? So I don't know what inspired me to do this in the first place. I have never cared to wash the outside windows of my home, never. right? Like lived here and have not had a desire to do it. And then one day I was like, I should clean these windows. Okay. So connected to the hose, spray down the windows, let it get clean. And of course, now, since you went through all of that effort, you're going to look at it and be like, I hope it doesn't leave streaks and sud marks and all that stuff. And it did a really good job. It did a really good job. But my point is, It's interesting how when we start taking care of things, how much we start noticing, okay? So case in point, I never looked at the outside of the windows, okay? (laughs) I did move my office to the front of my house, so I'm constantly just looking out a window so I could see if there's anything on this window, which might have been what prompted it. But when you start cleaning, when you start doing, here's the example, when you start doing soul work, you start noticing the amount of work there is to do. Feel me? So when I clean this window, now I can see if there's a sud mark. (laughs) Now I can see if that cleaning solution did the trick. Now I'm looking for it, right? Now I'm paying attention. If you start gardening, now you're going to look for weeds and you're going to get them out, right? 
If you start taking care of things, you're going to start noticing things that are out of place, things that are not right, things that are not healthy. Feel me? So I highlight that because I know as somebody who's worked in recovery, somebody who's walked through recovery, that that can become a life sentence, so to speak. Meaning it could become something where you use it as a hmm, vehicle to not live whole, to not live complete, to not live redeemed, to not live safe and secure in Christ, to not live in stability, to not live in love. You can say, well, I'm walking in recovery. Okay, well, are you recovered? This isn't about perfection, okay? This isn't about you're suddenly going to be perfect and God will accept you. It's not it. But it's do you believe God says who he is? Give that stuff to God. If God took it, right, when he died on the cross, why are you still carrying it? Okay, so recovery, I believe another way to say that is walking in wholeness, walking in completion, walking in the, the free indeed John 10, 10 fullness of life that God has for you rather than saying, I'm a sinner, I'm broken, I'm unworthy, I'm whatever, right? It's no, hang on, right? Like God took that. Actually, my call is to rise and come into agreement with who God says I am, right? I know who I am. I know who God says I am and I'm going to walk like it. I'm going to show up like it. I'm going to live like it. Now, That being said, perfection is not the goal, okay? (laughs) Living holy, delighting in the Lord, walking worthy, these things are important, right? But it's not to say that you're not going to come across challenges, that there's not going to be relapse, that there's not going to be times where you fall, where you struggle, right? However, that is not where you're going to stay if you are walking humbly, if you are poor in spirit so to speak. Poor in spirit means I'm not walking in pride. I'm not walking in my own understanding. I'm not walking in, oh, I've got it. I've overcome that. I'm good, right? Like, I'm not walking in that. (laughs) I'm not walking in my ego. I've surrendered that because I know if left to myself, if left to my own devices, I'm going to screw some things up. I know exactly what I'm going to go back to, right? So it's choosing the wonderful new that God has for you. Now, with the example with the window washing (laughs) and cleaning your soul. Cleaning your soul, what does that mean? Renewing your mind, being transformed by the renewing of your mind, having a right spirit renewed in you, walking with a pure heart, right? This, when you are doing that, you're going to notice everything that does not fit, right? For example, you wouldn't let all of these weird critters that are running around outside into your home. You wouldn't, (laughs) right? So you wouldn't let all of these weird critters into your soul, right? What does that mean? Lies. You won't let lies dominate your thoughts. You're not going to let opinions of man distract you from your vision and God's purpose and direction in your life. It's not going to steal your focus. You're not going to let unforgiveness and rejection hold you back because if God accepted you, if God is for you, who can be against you? Does it feel bad? Yeah, but you're not going to let that hold you back. You're going to believe what God says and trust 
that he will bring about the healing in your heart. You're going to walk like you believe him. You're going to talk like you believe him. You're going to stay focused on him and cover yourself in the word. Okay? So the encouragement is you've been given life and that's a gift. But don't use your life to look at all the the ways that you're still not right, that you're still broken, that you still don't have it together, that you're still falling short because you will miss what God wants to do in and through you. He wants to reveal his glory in and through you, but you've got to be in agreement so that you will allow him to do it, okay? He partners with you. He's a gentleman. He's not going to force stuff on you, right? All right, so insecurity, insecurity. (laughs) I'm saying watch out for snakes. Watch out for anything that's causing you to question who you know God is and what you know God says and what you're called to. Okay? Watch out for snakes. Don't listen to snakes. All right? That can breed deception, instability, rejection. It can cause us to seek the wrong things as food, as our source, right? And then we can really forget what makes us significant, who we are, right? And we could really have this grip on unbelief. And a lot of times this can be subconscious, right? Because we believe something and then we just live like it and it's just operating in our life. But you've got to get those weeds out. And living on fumes is when we allow a lot of this to happen and it gets messy. So slowing down and filling yourself up is a priority. It's not a luxury. Okay, so here's the cure to insecurity. Number one, believe. Believe. Okay, two, find a promise of God and get yourself secure in him. You will know because you will have this inner peace. You will have this conviction, this knowing. And then lastly, watch out for snakes. Anything that is causing you to question what God told you. That's an enemy, right? And it can even be in the form of a friend or a partner. But watch out for snakes. Because think about it. What spirit are they operating in? Is it love? Is it fear? So be careful what you believe. Be willing to be diligent. Be willing to take radical responsibility and ownership of your walk with God. And be vigilant, right? Because the enemy is roaming around looking looking for who he can devour, right? And so if you're caught up in a healing journey, and we're all on one, right? We're missing. We have a huge God gap, (laughs) right? And whatever we use to fill that God gap, we got to work it out, right? And, and get ready to, to have that gap be closed, okay? So, but you've got to live like you believe it. That's how it starts happening. So believe it. Find promises. Watch it manifest in your life. And keep watch for snakes and critters that are going to try to get you off the path and try to deceive you and try to get you to live beneath your call and get busy and all of these other things that end up depleting you where you're pouring out for other people, where you're trying to prove yourself to other people, where you're comparing yourself to other people and you're just straight up depleted and living on fumes. How could you fulfill your call? Do you honestly believe that that is what God wants you to do and that that brings some glory? Just the thought. So 
It's amazing what you notice when you start taking care of things. Yes, you notice some things need some cleaning every now and again, but that can become a ritual and a beautiful process and a way to connect with God. You can see God as the answer to all of those things that need cleaning, that need attention. They're all significant. But what we do is we judge them as good, bad, right, or wrong. And we start condemning ourselves. We start shaming ourselves. We start blaming ourselves. And we do that to ourselves. We do that to other people. So soul work is one of the greatest investments that you can ever invest in. And the gift, the gift is expressing the fullness of who you are and walking out the purpose and plan that God has for you. But it does require a willingness to reflect, a willingness to slow down, a willingness to do the work, to transform your mind, to allow Holy Spirit to renew right spirit in you and create in you a clean heart, to not grip unbelief, to not grip rejection, to not grip instability, to not grip deception and believe that is true for you, but to rise up against that by getting word in you, by speaking it over your life, by declaring it over your life, by walking in it, by activating your faith, by delighting in the Lord, by worshiping, right? And not falling for the snakes. So watch out for the snakes. Stomp on his head. (laughs) All right. Well, I hope this message blessed you. That would be my encouragement for the week. Think about what has been feeding you. And what the food source has been, right? Who's been feeding you and what has the food been, okay? And then think about where you want to align. How can you increase your faith? How can you activate more of these promises in your life? What do you need to do for you? For me, I'm visual. I got to get it in front of my face as often as possible. I'm also very into words. So I need to hear it a lot too. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So I know that I need to turn down other things and turn up the word of God. So a lot of study helps me too. And then watch out for snakes means be busy about looking out for God, really, right? Be busy about testing what you believe, looking at what you believe, living in that. Do you know what I mean? Focusing on gratitude so that You're not drawn by anything that has the appearance of godliness, but lacks it, okay? So if this message blessed you, come on and give this podcast a rating. Give it some stars. (laughs) You can also copy the link and share it with a friend. If you want to connect and learn about how you can have some spirit-led success in your life, you can visit julianapage.com. You can also follow a girl over on IG at Miss Juliana Page. All right, guys, until next time, stay blessed.